Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Hello, Anza. You're listening to 96.3 KOIT Coyote Radio, your local Anza radio station. And you've just tuned in to your source for local fishing reports and information. This is the Castaway Show. I'm Dave Dolan, and I'll bring you the latest I have on the local fishing, some not-so-local, freshwater, saltwater. Going to give you a recipe. We'll have a few boating and fishing tips, and tonight we're going to do a little Baja Dreaming. So if you'd like to join us sometime or, or give us a little input, I'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at programming at 963koyt.org. You can also give us a call at 763-5698. I'd sure like to hear from you out there. I'd like your input. If there's anything you'd like me to cover, any questions you have, or you know what, if, if you have a fishing story, you'd like to come in and maybe share that fishing story or just come on in and talk a little fishing, I'd like to have that too. So contact us at either the website or the phone number. So stay tuned now and join me and we will cast away together. Well, everybody, let's just go into our fishing reports. Well, on the fishing reports, the report I have for you now is sort of like the report I had for last show and the show before that, and the show before that. You see, things don't change real rapidly during the winter months, but I do have some, some new information for you here. Once again, we got to talk a little bit about the water situation. I know here in Anza, we just got inundated by a storm here the last few days. Once again, it may kind of mess up your outdoor plans, but just think of those long-term benefits. Got a couple of reports from around the state of what's going on. This is on the uh, west slope of the High Sierras, just an example of the amount of water they have up there. The American River is at its highest flow since 1997, 20 years. They're flowing at 83,000 cubic feet a second. It's the same as what's flowing out of the Folsom River. Now, as I said before in the last show, if, to visualize how much water this is, a cubic foot is approximately the size of a basketball. So just imagine... 83,000 basketballs going by you at the same time. The Sacramento River is also flowing down below Lake Shasta at 80,000 cubic feet a second. What they need to do is wait till that water gets down to about 10,000 cubic feet a second before it's even going to be fishable. So a lot of these places are just a complete blowout as far as being able to fish it because of the amount of water. I talked to a friend of mine up in um, that went up to a mammoth last week. He told me that Mammoth has had over 500 inches of snow. While driving down the main street in Mammoth, you cannot even see the businesses. They are literally buried in snow. Just remember, once that snow melts, that water is going to go somewhere. So those lakes are going to be really nice, but it's going to be pretty late start on that fishing up in the high Sierras. So looking down more locally, one bright spot is Diamond Valley Lake. They're doing pretty good on the striped bass fishing now down there right now. They're starting to turn on pretty good. And the big catch for the week, a lucky angler caught an 18-pound striper. They also stocked 3,500 pounds of trout on February 22nd. And you know those stripers love to eat trout, so they're going to get bigger on them. Lake Hemet, um, it's been kind of slow over there, but mainly because it's been pretty windy and cold up there, so it hasn't had a whole lot of coverage. Their last trout stock was on February 10th, but with the light fishing pressure, there's got to be a lot of holdover trout. So once we get some better weather and 
more people go, start going up there, I'm sure that lake is going to really turn on. Down at Lake Skinner, the, uh, they were on a really good striped bass fish fishing down there for quite a while. That's slowed down to probably more like a normal range of fishing, but a lot of that too has been slowed by the weather. When you get a lot of wind, it lightens up the pressure and kind of sets the fish down. I would say a real good bet would also, once again, go down the hill down the other side to Lake Coea. They don't have near the weather factor down there. It's a little bit warmer. They've been doing really good on their trout fishing. They're still stalking it every other week, and I don't know how much longer that'll continue, but I would say that's going to be a real good bet in the immediate future and wait for some of these other cooler water lakes to turn on a little bit later when it warms up. Down on the saltwater scene, there's been very few boats going out of the San Diego, Mission Bay, Oceanside, or Dana Point landings. The weather's been really rough. In fact, last week I got one report that offshore the Tanner Bank, which is um, the other side of San Clemente, there's a, a weather buoy out there. They had 40-foot swells out there. Now, we're talking uh, the perfect storm kind of weather out there, so obviously we're not getting much fishing pressure, anybody going out there. They're using their better judgment, not going out where it wouldn't be safe. There have been some local boats going down out of the San Diego landings into the Mexican waters. They're doing fairly well on the uh, bottom fishing, and they're catching the rock cod down there. But on May 1st, we're going to have the rock cod season will open up in U.S. waters. Once that happens and we get a little better weather, I'm sure we're going to have a lot more coverage and we'll have a whole lot more to report on. So... We do have our options on fishing there, and um, we will have benefits from these storms coming in. But in the meantime, we're kind of in a holding pattern on the fish, and uh, maybe go out and catch some trout, and I'm sure that salt water is going to kick in before too long. Well, everybody, with all the uh, weather we've had, it's, you know, it's no secret that we've had our share of bad weather this, this winter. And I know I've certainly had to can cancel a lot of outdoor plans, a few fishing plans, and I'm sure all of you have too. But... Um, you know, on those rainy nights and those kind of stuck inside days, it reminds me of one of my favorite songs. It's a Jimmy Buffett song. It's called Baja Daydreaming. And boy, I've been doing a lot of Baja dreaming here lately. Just thinking about that nice long Baja Peninsula, the warm water, the great fishing I've had. It's something to look forward to and something to pass the time during those rainy days. Now, I could literally write a book about fishing Baja California. In fact, there's many books out there on fishing Baja California. So I'll kind of break it down and maybe do some more shows about it in the future. But um, to talk about Baja California, we got to realize that right in our own backyard, we have some of the most prolific fishing grounds anywhere in the world. I know that uh, Jacques Cousteau, he said that the waters of the Sea of Cortez were the greatest saltwater aquarium of the world. I know that uh, Marlin Magazine and some of their uh, reporting on different areas, they say that the waters on the Sea of Cortez and Lower Baja is probably the best Marlin fishing in the world. In fact, I've caught my share of Marlin down there, so I can attest to that. So when you think about Baja California, look at a map. What you really see is an 800-mile-long fishing pier going out in the ocean. Now, the difference between Baja as a fishing pier and a regular fishing pier is that the fishing at the top of the pier, northern Baja, California, it's completely different than the fishing at the other end of the pier, down at the lower end of Baja, California. 
Also, unlike a fishing pier where you go out, you can cast on one side, cast on the other, it'll probably be the same. Well, if you go on one side of the Baja Peninsula fishing pier, the fishing's one way, and if you go directly across the other side, it's a whole different world. So, just think of Baja as a pier, but there's many places and different spots on that pier where you can go fishing. Also, another thing about Baja, if you're going to go fishing down there, you look at a map of it, there's a road that goes the entire length of the Baja Peninsula. However, there's actually very few places where you have access to the ocean going down. So you really got to be able to know your spots, pick and choose them, or maybe go down on a long-range boat out of San Diego to their fishing spots down there. I also got to say about traveling down Baja that it's probably not for everybody. You do have the facilities on the way down, you know, fuel's available, there are spots where you can spend the night, a series of motels going down there. But I do know over the last few years, a lot of people shied away from going down because of their, let's face it, there were problems down on the Baja Peninsula. I know that uh, for a long stretch, my family and I, every trip, every vacation, every long weekend, we went down Baja, but with some of the rough stuff that was going on down there, we quit going for a series of years. But we've kind of gotten back into it lately, the last few years, and, you know, we realize what a treasure we do have down there in Baja. Just remember a few rules when you're traveling. Use your head, don't travel at night, and, you know, don't roadside camp somewhere, and just, you know, go to the places where other Americans frequent, and you'll probably find it safer down there than what you may have up here in the U.S., now, if I'm going to concentrate on different areas in Baja, I'm going to start out with the one trip I've done. Well, I've done this trip seven times in the last five years, and it's really a great one that I really enjoy doing. This trip goes out of San Felipe, which is about 125 miles down below Mexicali. This operation down there is called the Tony Reyes Sport Fishing. Now, Tony Reyes, I met Tony Reyes Sr. several years ago, this man was probably the fishing legend of all of Baja, at least of the northern Baja area. I've seen pictures of him back in the late 40s and the early 50s with fish that were bigger than he was. He ran the boat, the Tony Reyes, for several years. Then uh, we lost Tony maybe about 10 years ago, I guess it was. But fortunately, we have Tony Reyes Jr. who has taken over, and he's running the boat and keeping the operation going now. What this boat does, it's a mothership operation. You go down on the big boat, you go down to the area where they fish, and every day you get off the big boat onto your small boats. They're called pongas. Basically, they're 23-foot-long fishing skiffs with 50 horsepowers. You get off every day with your three fishing partners and your guide, and you fish different areas off the main boat, but you have that as your motel to come back to at night. The boat is really nice. It's a 105-foot-long boat. It's set up really good with rooms for either two or three people, so you don't have any problem teaming up with your partner or two partners going down there. The rooms are air-conditioned. You do need that during the summertime. There are six heads on the boat. Four of them have showers. There's a real nice galley, and i got to tell you, they feed you really good, too. So it's, it's a really unique operation. I can't think of anywhere else that you can drive to that's a mothership operation like this. I know there's places all over the world where you can fly to and do things like this, but this one, and it's so convenient, it's right in our backyard, so it's, it's the only thing of its type that you can do. The itinerary on these trips is they're set up, they start in April and go through the end of October. They're six-day-long trips. Everyone is still is the same. 
Every one of them leave on Sunday afternoon. You travel all night long. You wake up Monday morning in the area called the Midriff Islands of Baja, California. You spend the whole week there fishing, and you will get five days of fishing in there. And then, after the trip, you motor on back up to San Felipe. Now, most everybody gets to San Felipe the day before leaving, spend the night in San Felipe. There's plenty of motels there. It's really a fun little town. They got great fish tacos there, too. And also, when you get back Friday night, almost everybody spends the night, too, because you're getting back, you know, kind of late. You're tired. You sure don't want to have to drive all the way back to the border after that. So, you do fish this area called the Midriff Islands. If you look at a map of Baja, California, you go down on the Sea of Cortez side, just look for the biggest island in the Sea of Cortez that's not, well, it's about a third of the way down. That is the area where you're going to spend the whole week fishing. These islands are just beautiful desert islands in this beautiful deep blue purple colored water. I can say that if these islands were in the United States, I'm sure they would be a national park. So I've gone to most all the desert national parks in the United States, and these islands have scenery that are right up there with anything you'll see in our, in our parks up here. So anyhow, every day you get off the big boat, you uh, go with your three partners and your guide, and most of the boats, there's nine of them that will go out. I should have said that this big boat only takes 27 passengers. There's nine of these pongas, so you split up as groups of three. So um, all nine boats always go out, kind of fish the same areas. But um, you go out, you fish all, all morning long, and then you come back. Have a, they always have a really nice meal for you there. And after that meal, you usually need to take a little siesta time because then later in the afternoon, they'll go out again and fish till dark. So you really get your fishing time in on these trips. Now, one of these trips that I did, I counted up the number of fish we caught, the number of species. We caught 11 different species of fish on this trip. Probably the number one prize fish that's caught on these trips are yellowtail. And I have to say, this is the best yellowtail fishing I've ever been into. You gotta keep in mind that this area is so untouched. There are basically, there's no other boats there. I think once or twice I've seen a sailboat come through, but that's about the only company you'll have. So these waters are really untouched and they're just such a prolific fishing area. So yellowtail being the number one catch, we've got them up to 40 pounds down there. They're big bruisers. The other, the second most popular catch down there is the cabria. Cabria are in the bass family. And just think of calico bass on steroids. These things pound for pound are just tremendous fighters. We'll catch them up to, I've seen them up to 18 pounds. Just imagine a, um, a freshwater bass at 18 pounds or a calico bass, they don't even get to 18 pounds. Well, just imagine one of them at that big and like they're on steroids. There's also, uh, you'll catch white sea bass down there, which are just excellent eating. They also catch several different varieties of uh, different bass, trigger fish. So I can't even go through the whole menu on all of them. There is one fish I've caught down there. Um, this fish, though, you have to let it go. I want to talk a little bit about the Tutuaba down in the Sea Cortez. Now, the pictures I had of uh, Tony Reyes Sr. back in the early 50s with those big fish, those were the Tutuaba. They're in the croaker family, and they're a real prize game fish, excellent eating fish. And um, 
they were so prolific. I, I've seen pictures down around San Felipe from the 1940s where they would actually have people would go out at low tide and get these huge tortuaba with clubs. They were There were so many of them. Well, unfortunately, the uh, long, line, long line fleets, mainly from Japan, came over and they basically wiped out almost this entire species of fish. They... Um, just strip mine that that area around the Sea of Cortez of the Tutuaba. In fact, I I do have a, a picture. My dad and some of his friends went down. The date on the picture is 1959. They went down in to San Felipe and they caught and brought back five of these Tutuaba. They brought it back to our home down in the San Diego area. Well, they uh, have a the picture I have. There's a rope tied between two trees. These five Tutuaba were hanging from the rope. Every one of those fish were bigger than the men in the pictures. So um, they really got huge in their time. So, so the Totoaba, they are a protected species, and they are starting to come back now. I've caught probably three or four of them down there, but fortunately, the Tony Reyes boat, they're following the rules. As soon as you catch a Totoaba, you have to let them go. So um, maybe at some point, they will come back. There'll be enough of them to where they'll have a limited fishery on them, but that is a, a prize fish that you catch them, you got to let them go. Talking about the number of fish that we catch down there, it's, oh boy, I've got some fish stories to tell you. I know one time, one of the times we were out there fishing, me and my two buddies, we were in a school of yellowtail. They would start to boil on the surface. Now, boiling fish, that means there's bait up on top, and they're literally jumping up on the water, jumping up on the surface, stirring up the water. The water's, well, the water's doing just that. It's boiling. We were in the middle of this. I've never seen anything like it. There were so many yellowtail boiling around us, splashing around us. It sounded like we were standing next to a waterfall. waterfall. It was just that prolific. I know that after these trips are over, my two usual partners I go down with, we always take down 100-quart coolers to bring our fish back. Well, after this trip, you know, the crew, they will fillet and pack your fish for you in freezer bags. They do a really good job of that. Well, my two friends and I, we generally fill up those 100-quart coolers almost to the top with nothing but fish fillets. You know, we have to leave a little room for ice for the, for the way back. But that's just an example of just about how many fish you're just about always count on catching down there. Got to say a little bit about the meals on the trip, too. Um, you will gain weight on this trip. One of my favorite meals, it's kind of a um, ritual they always do one of the midweek days of fishing. Somebody will donate a few yellowtail in, and the cooks in the galley there, they will make, oh, it's probably about a five-gallon tub of ceviche. The stuff is so good to eat. To know that fish was swimming in the morning, they made the ceviche, and you're out there in the afternoon with a couple, well, maybe more than a couple cold cervezas, having that ceviche, it's, and looking at those beautiful islands down there on the Sea of Cortez, you just feel like you're in a fisherman's heaven. If you'd like more information on it, feel free to give me a call at the station or send me an email at programming, and I can fill you in a little bit more about it. I'm already scheduled to do my Tony Reyes trip this summer, and I'm um, looking forward to it because I know it's going to be a real freezer filler on that trip. Well, everybody, talking that Tony Reyes trip, I just start thinking yellowtail because that's the prize catch down there. So here's your recipe tonight, and guess what? It's yellowtail. My recipe here, it's a grilled yellowtail with jalapeno jelly glaze. 
Now I'm saying grilled yellowtail, but you can also saute this in olive oil. Either way is good. So anyhow, this recipe is so easy, you're gonna wonder why you didn't try it before. Well, you maybe you didn't have it before, but once you have it, you're gonna wanna do it over and over again because it's just really so simple. First, you wanna start out with a quarter cup of jalapeno jelly. Put it in a bowl. I like to sprinkle a little bit of garlic in there and just a little shot of olive oil. Put in two tablespoons of rice vinegar, then a half teaspoon of Dijon mustard. Put this in, you know, blend this up real good. Put it in a pan over low heat and just bring it up to a, maybe just up to a boil, then shut it off. Just, just enough so it's blended real good. Then let it cool. Next, you wanna get your filet of yellowtail. And remember, before you do your cooking, you wanna wrap that thing in paper towels and get all the moisture out of it. So then you wanna get that, after you get the moisture out of it, maybe lightly season it, a little salt and pepper. I always like to go light on the salt, but a little pepper too. Now you wanna either grill this yellowtail or saute it in a, in a pan in olive oil. Just do your regular cooking, don't overcook it, but when you see it's starting to get close to being done, get this jalapeno jelly glaze and just brush it over the fish. Just get a nice glaze over it, do it on both sides and just kind of marmalade it over the fish. And that's it, it's so simple and you've got yourself an excellent dinner right there of your yellowtail. Just remember some sliced uh, tomatoes and avocado around it it really sets off the taste, but that's it for your grilled yellowtail with jalapeno jelly glaze. Well, everybody, I'd like to get into both my uh, fishing tip and boating tip. I want to combine the two of them together on this show. Usually I do them separately, but my advice on doing them together tonight for both boating and fishing is go to an outdoor show. I just attended a show down in the Long Beach area. It just had a really great time. This show had over 400 seminars. Obviously, I didn't go to all 400 of them, but they had seminars on everything from how to tie a fishing line to catching a 400-pound tuna and just about everything in between. So whenever you have a chance to go to any kind of seminars as you do at these outdoor shows, I would suggest go to them. You're gonna get a whole lot more information than what you do off me on this show. And also, as far as a boating tip, at this particular show, it was also a very large boat show. It's a good chance to see what's out there on the market, talk to all the manufacturers, maybe get ideas for your next boat, what you would like to have, and get boating tips, boating safety tips. So my boating and fishing tip for this show would be go to an outdoor show where you can see a lot of boats and listen to some seminars. Well, everybody, in closing off the show tonight, I do have an announcement to make. Our benefit dance originally scheduled for Saturday, March 25th, has been put off to a later date, which will be announced sometime soon. We're still going to have a great evening there, a $15 per person entry that gets you in, a dinner, going to have live music and, an op and a uh, cash beer and wine bar going on. We'll have the bands more on four. Cowboy Bang Bang and Nameless. And as a real special bonus, we're gonna have pizza from our soon to be opened up pizza factory. So just be listening and we'll announce when the rescheduled date's gonna be sometime, hopefully before too awful long. So in ending my show, I've sure enjoyed talking this Baja with you. As I said, there's so many opportunities down in Baja to go fishing. And in tonight's show, I just talked about that this one particular area that I just really love going to, but I do plan on talking more Baja in the future. 
So anyhow, I've enjoyed bringing the show to you, and I look forward to the next one where we can together cast away.